box at home, but I forgot one for the road. I have a bookmark that I can loan. Know how many bookmarks I own? I am now marking my page. Don't let me forget this page. Don't let me forget this page. Don't let me forget this page. Page. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. We're on and radio. It's four minutes past twelve. That is one of my favorite spoofs of all time. That's it's called pictures in bookstores. I thought it was appropriate because if I were ever to assemble a book club, this would be my book club. These are people. These are the people who are always talking about books. These girls right here with me. Lodi is um, Lodi's the writer and the producer. Film writer, producer, extraordinaire. But more than anything, she reads so hard. Library is trying to find her. <laughs> Matsepo is a strategist. Is that what this? Is that a thing? Is that a real thing? I think uh, let's make it a thing. Okay, so it's a thing. You were strategist. Yeah. 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 But also always reading, always reading, and see that's the shyest person I know. <laughs> And the quietest person I know, and she's reading every time this book, right? The title of the book, and I'm going to tell you what the titles of the book they are reading and they're going to talk to us about today are in a short while. But every time she just giggles. (laughs) (laughs) So that's who I've got with me. And we're talking books because it's summer. Everybody's kind of thinking my reading list Two days ago, I saw on, uh, on on Bill Gates' Twitter, he put up his top five books that he read this year. And I thought, Bill Gates read five books this year? What? Where did he find that kind of time? Oh, I'm not even a millionaire and I can't, I can't read five books in a year. I'm hoping to read at least three. Um, but you're on Womanda and I'm Pumi Masheko. We're talking the books for every savvy woman to read. Yeah. Every savvy black girl, white girl, every kind of girl, even the Mavises, if you're out there, these books are for you too. So, <laughs> um, we're gonna start, so I'm gonna start with you, Sina. Yes! Yes! <laughs> because Paolo Coelho, I don't even know how to say his name, Paolo Coelho is most famous for The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. I did a little test around the studio earlier in the holding room in there, and I said, Paolo Coelho. And everybody said, yeah, The Alchemist. And somebody said, I read this book. I couldn't remember what it's called. <laughs> but I keep seeing on Facebook yeah. people, he's running a campaign on his Facebook yeah. with people taking pictures of themselves with the book. Mm-hmm. So you've just read Adultery. Yes. <laughs> tell me, t- so tell us a little bit about that. And and why you chose that book? Besides the fact that the name is so exciting. All right. Um, I think I'll start with why I chose the book. I'm generally a Polo Coelho fan. So any book that he puts out there, I just have to read it. So you and my mother. So I don't know what <laughs> that means mother. about you <laughs> or about my or mother. mother. <laughs> <laughs> but Madonna also reads Paulo Coelho. So yeah. good company. Yeah, I mean, he's a good writer. Um, so adultery, adultery um, basically for me... You know, the book is about this woman, Linda, um, who seems to have it all. Um, Speak up. Okay. Who seems to have it all. Yeah. Um, Happily married, two kids, and she has a career that she also loves as well. But every single night, she just finds herself wondering um, if this is it, if she desires more 
out of life. Um, and then um, as part of her job, she finds herself interviewing one of her ex-boyfriends from high school, who's now a politician. And um, long story short, she ends up in a very steamy, intense um, affair with this guy. And the book is basically about her journey, her experience through that adulterous affair with the guy and what happens, what she goes through, and how she's always trying to explain it. Because for her, it just doesn't make sense because she's really struggling to stop the affair as much as she knows how wrong and sinful it is for her to be conducting herself in that book. I like the word sinful. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with sinful. <laughs> How we should all be conducting ourselves. I think just the fact that I think that, so. The the reason I, I wanted us to talk about the book is because I think when I think like summer holidays, I think it's about flings yeah. and it's about fun yeah. and it's about sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and either watching lots of TV or reading lots of books. So the idea of reading a book that is about a fling yeah. was just so exciting for me. And and so did it give you ideas? <laughs> <laughs> um, not really. No, 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 no ideas. I think it was just a good read for me, you know, and I just think that some of the stuff um, that happens in the book is stuff that I think as, as women, as men, when you are in a relationship, you do go through it. And uh, that's the thing that I like about Polo, um, because he writes about the stuff that most of us generally experience in life. So the guys are complaining that your mic's very soft. And even though I try to explain to everyone that you're the shyest and most <laughs> soft-spoken person. <laughs> I'll try to speak up. Yeah, you must project yourself, lady. Project right. yourself. <laughs> Live that inner adulteress. <laughs> Get Let's it out there. <laughs> And what was your favorite part? Um, I think for me, what stands out is the conversations that she has with a shaman. Um, because like I said, that she's really trying to understand what is happening. And she has um, one, I think two or three conversations with, with a shaman, some kind of um, like pastor or monk who practices magic. Um, and, you know, she just put it out there to say that this is my situation. I've got it all, but I'm finding myself in this situation and I just need to make sense of it. Am I wrong? You know? So for me, that conversation really stands out for me in the book. Does she find answers? <laughs> I'm totally dying to read this book. What's up? You read this book I read too. I read the book as well, yeah. And you hid it from everyone. And I, <laughs> oh my gosh. So you should have seen me reading it on the plane and making sure that I finished reading it before I landed back home. You know, just in case people think that I am trying to get some ideas. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and for you, what, what was that like, the book? For me, I think... I think it's the conversations that women don't have, you know, about the stuff that we go through, especially in marriages and in committed relationships, that you do go through those um, areas in your life where you think, I have everything, I'm supposed to be happy, I'm supposed to be living my dream, but something is missing. And there are some women who are daring enough, like Lodi was saying, to live (laughs) simply. I wish. Uh, and, and then they, they you know, they uh, push the envelope. Um, but, but for the rest of us, it's a thing that you then live with. You then maybe seek God or, you know, go to church or pray about it or something. You know, mm. you think you should be grateful um, for the things that you have in your life because um, why not? Why, why shouldn't you? Instead of yearning for other things. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, okay, so the book's got a magician slash like priest. Shaman, yeah. yeah. What are you touching me for, Duncan? <laughs> <laughs> Duncan. So, Duncan does this. He, he, he's, he's a little jealous that he's not running the desk today. As you all know, dear listener, I'm learning how to use the desk. And so I'm running the desk. So Duncan's feeling a little um, unloved. But that's okay, Duncan. It's all about the girls. Hey, it's all about the ladies. And so the book's got a magician slash priest. It's got a hot, steamy affair. It's got a woman who's got everything. And it is... But I, I like this book. Would you recommend it, though? Definitely. Is it quick and easy to read? Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those books that once you start reading it, it's difficult to put it down because you always want to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely, I think it would be one of the reads for the December holidays for any person out there, regardless of gender, whether you're married or in a relationship or not. And was it fun? Because, like, you don't want a, a heavy book, you know, so if it's about... It's not fun, Lodi? No, I'm saying you don't want. I'm agreeing. (laughs) It's summertime. We don't know um, party pooper books. Yeah, Yeah. no. I mean, if it was heavy, trust me, I wouldn't have read it. Um, I think it took me a week to finish it. So it's it's definitely a fun and captivating read. So if you've got a week, if you're taking some time off going down to the beach, Palo Coelho, if you have read The Alchemist, have you read The Alchemist? I've read The Alchemist. Um, I've read 11 Minutes as well, which I think was an awesome follow-up to adultery. I don't know why I'm reading these books. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, uh, I have read The Alchemist. Awesome book. I really love it. And, and for anybody who's read, because almost everybody has read The Alchemist. Yes, yeah. we have. Is it similar or very different? It's very different because The Alchemist is more about finding your spirituality, mm. you know, going on that pilgrimage to try and make sense of what your purpose is in life. And this um, adultery, I think it's, it's one of the books where he talks about those topics that seem to be taboo. You know, we don't speak about people having affairs and stuff like that. So totally different, um, but still entertaining. Sure. Was it, was it like, was it steamy and sexual? Was it like what was that? Was it like what fifty? Was what is it? Fifty shades. shades. Well, no, I wouldn't know because no. I haven't read Fifty Shades. No. Um, it's, it's not, <laughs> on, the, it's like, not no. on the Fifty Shades level, yeah. but it's more realistic. Yeah. You know, you read it and you think, "Oh my gosh!" So she's in love with this guy, oh. and you know that type of thing. Unlike Fifty Shades, they're tying each other up and they're doing stuff that you look at them and you think. I can't do that. So can you see yourself in her? <laughs> you can see a normal person in her. Okay. A normal person. <laughs> the humanity in that. Yeah, yeah the realness. Yeah, like I think, I think you know, it's, it's stuff that people, I think yeah. as people, we do think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the difference is that as much as we think about it, we don't act it out. And I think that's what happened with her. It's something that she was thinking about. Oh, I'm so depressed. I think I'm unhappy. But then she decided to take it a step further and hence the affair happened. Um, so so I, I think that yeah, maybe a little mm. bit. I'm it could be your next door neighbor. Yeah. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. But not you. <laughs> <laughs> I, from what I can tell, it sounds like it's just about, you know, Adulthood, where everything yeah. becomes gray, there's yeah. no longer black and mm-hmm. white. Mm-hmm. Everything is complicated. Whether you are the person on the other side, 
participating in an affair, you're not necessarily in a relationship and it's all complicated yeah. and it's not so easy to judge. It's not a black and white yeah. issue. Like I think I would have looked at it at 16 where you're, you're a cheat and you're hurting somebody, yeah. mm. you know, it's yeah. not that simple. Yeah. I totally agree with that because I think for me, that's one of the things that I got out that life is not black and white. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of gray. Um, and, and you know, for me, like the, the, the affair that she's having, it's one of those things that I, I think until you've went through it in your personal life, you will always be judgmental and say, why did she do this? Mm. But until stuff happens to you, um, you know, you, you never really fully grasp why people act the way that they do. So. Was the name was the name of the book a, a, a turn off or turn on? Um, so if I if I'm in the bookshop or I'm a listener right now and I'm thinking, oh, I need something fun and cool to read, you know, over yeah. the holiday, and I see uh, this book, is, is as in, can you take it to the counter yeah. with a straight face <laughs> and hand straight in your fanatics yeah. card yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, I'd like this book. Yeah, yeah. you know, I think that. Um, for me, it was the author. So it wasn't necessarily about the name of the book, but I think that adultery will attract a lot of people to say, mm, I wonder what this is all about. But I think that if you're generally a Polo Quello fan, you would just want to see, okay, what has he written about this time? Um, so yeah, I think it does make people to want to buy the book. Or not. It has a very <laughs> uh, Jill Cooper cover. You know, the red cherries and the red lettering. She used to like write soft core books back in the 80s <laughs> before my time i know nothing about <laughs> you know, it nothing yeah about yeah, yeah we're yeah. gonna we're gonna talk about that just now so that's book one is palo quello adultery yeah. it's definitely a summer read one week it looks thick yeah mm. it looks yeah. like when i saw it i thought hey i don't know huh? if, you, if i'm not a fast reader yeah like some people can i but so you took you a week yeah and and you definitely recommended with two thumbs up most definitely with mm. two thumbs up two thumbs up okay when we come back we're gonna take a look at some african writing this mm. book is a little bit older but it's still one of my favorites and i think every girl every girl should uh listen to this one so when we come back we're still talking about books so keep tuned to unradio 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 more of the good stuff I'm Pumima Shekho and you're listening to Womanla on cliffcentral.com. We're talking books and we're talking about summer reads. And so when I was getting ready for this show, I, a couple of weeks ago, weeks, maybe months now, a couple of months ago, there was a big thing on Facebook with everybody saying the five books that influenced you and people used to put on their, on their Facebook feeds, all these books. And one of the books that kind of, when I saw it on a couple of girls, pages. I then thought, this is so true. I must go back and read this book again. So when I, when I thought about the books that I, I want to talk about today, I thought, hmm, there's a book and she's making a big splash. Chimamanda Adichie is making a big splash because of course the, the movie that's just come up with, uh, what's her name? How do I say her name again? Uh, Anika Noni Rose and Tandy Newton. T- and the book, and Half of a Yellow. And and she would tell it's your fault. We can all take a moment to just yes. think about that dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Half of a yellow sun, which is set in Nigeria. And then I thought, oh, you know, there are some books out here that are so apt for women in Africa in particular. 
And that's why Lodi is here because Lodi is the one person that I know. Every time she lists like books, and I must go, oh, I've never heard about that book. I must go look for this book. And so you're talking about nervous condition, Lodi? Yes, I brought a book by uh, Titi, Titi Dangaramba and it was her first book first novel and it's called Nervous Conditions and um, I was doing a little bit of uh, reading about it and the the okay. um, the name the title of the book comes from um, Franz Fanon's uh, uh, The Wretched of the Earth which is a phrase that says what is it the, the the status of the colonial mind is the nervous condition, which is a little deep. I mean, I've never gone past <laughs> the first two pages of The Wretched. That is like dense, academic. You're just like, what language is this? So I've never gone beyond it. So I didn't know that this, this name, this title came from that. Although it's an apt title, I think when I think Very, about women in Africa, and yeah. I think nervous condition, we kind of yes. do spend most of our lives in this... Hysteria of are we gonna? So is the book like that? Is it about the hysteria of being a woman? I um I can talk about the book. This I want to talk about not just the book. I have to talk about the author because she she is like to me. She's one of the most. I feel like if she never did anything again, this book is enough. So she's a neighbor. She's from Zimbabwe. Yes, she's from mm-hmm. Zim. She's from Bulawayo. She was born in Rhodesia, which Wikipedia still insists. Um, <laughs> she was born in Zim, and she was born in. You 19- can change that. Yes, we can. I should go online. Yeah. Change it um, and go and edit that stuff. Um, and she was born in Bulawayo, in 1959. And this book is semi-autobiographical, but it's it's a novel in that you can tell that it's there's fiction there because she elaborates because she's really really a poet she's a lyricist she to me is like a tony morrison so tony morris so if you haven't if you have never heard of tita dengarema you have to go get her book and you need to you need to read nervous conditions as well as book of not and now she's more of a filmmaker than a novelist but that's how that's how uh, much this book impacted me and i in fact met her oh Name dropping. Gotta, she's she's big about this drop name those dropping. Names. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no Kim Kardashian. No, I, I met Titi Dengaremba and I was flustered. I was in a nervous condition. I I and she's a firebrand. Do you know what I mean? When you read a book, you can tell the the voice of this person is very confident and certain and strong. You know. So when I met her. Uh, we immediately butted heads. Maybe, maybe we're similar. I guess we immediately <laughs> butted heads, and it was at a conference in Ghana. It was a forum for uh, women in film, African women in film. It was beautiful. I met the most amazing women. But when I saw who was coming, I saw her name, and I, I remember. I Did remember, you ask her about the book? Yeah, no, I couldn't, cause now <laughs> we're enemies across the boardroom <laughs> conference. It was weird. Like I would say something, she shut me down. I'd be like, "I like but you, but I love you." <laughs> it was intense, and I was like, and then I was like, "This woman, I'm gonna win her over. It's okay, like, cause she doesn't know." And I feel like she's like that because of the struggles of being a black woman artist in every sense of the word. She's a storyteller in every sense of the word, and she has to. 
she has had to come across, you know, overcome major obstacles that even 30, 40 years and she's still fighting, you know. And she lives in Zim. She lives in Zim. So she's not, she has the opportunity to go live and work anywhere, teach at any school. I mean, she's just a brilliant mind. Just listening to her, you're, I get shivers because she's so profound, so eloquent. She's everything that you imagine her to be when you when read you her read books. the book. So I, I was like, it's okay. She's she's got issues with me even at breakfast. There issues. I'm like, <laughs> Chill. Yeah. like what did I do to you? But anyway, I decide I'll get I'll get to her. And we went shopping in Ghana. There's a huge market in Ghana. I forgot the um. I think it's at the art center. I forgot the name. Uh, very well known and. We go shopping and you know how girls are. So she's still a girl at heart. So we go shopping and she and I lose our minds over like the leather goods in Ghana. We're like, no, we're losing our minds. I remember her even saying, she said something like, she had this bag and she's like, I'm going to kill them in Harare. Or Bulawayo. I was like, yes, we are here. Got you. So in the taxi back, I finally broke. I'm like, you know what, Titi? And she had said this in the conference. She had said she no longer wants to hear about the book. She no longer wants to be told about what an amazing author she is when she wrote the book more than 20 years ago. Mm. I so wasn't the even, book is 20 years old. It was published old. in 1988. Wow. And in 89, it won the Commonwealth Prize for um, African Literature. And I think it could easily have won a Nobel Prize for Literature. That's how amazing this book is. Mm-hmm. Um and so I finally, I finally, like, I'm like, I cannot leave this place and not tell her what a, what a profound effect she had on me and my friends, you know? So I, I'm, I finally, like, cause after this, she was like, I no longer want to hear about it. And then I completely get that it's, as, it's almost as if you're being forced. This is the only success yeah. you'll ever achieve. Yeah. And so people, they're like, yeah, yeah, you're doing film, but wow, you're an amazing author yeah, and yeah. novelist. And she's like, but I am so much more. Mm-hmm. And and I understood that. And I said that. I prefaced my groupie moment with, I get you. I understand that you don't want to be cubbyholed and this is who you are and yeah. you're nothing more. But I have to tell you what an effect your book had on me. And I went to boarding school. So there was a an aspect of the book. I haven't even gone into the book. I'm talking about her. An aspect of the book that I completely identified with. And really, in essence, it's about the world we live in as black girls or black people when we um, come from a black traditional cultural environment and then find yourself, if, like me, your your entire life you've been going to white schools and the assimilation and I think... Culture is eroded So the assimilation results in you losing A part of yourself Mm -hmm. And that's what this book is about And so I reached out to her and I said "I And I know you don't want to hear this But I have to tell you How much your book impacted me And how much it means to me and my friends Because it was Busi Glamini who who gave me this book And it is It it has to be up there with Sula you know, Tony yeah. Marcus Sula. So it's that important to me. And she, you know, begrudgingly like said, oh, okay. And she had a fan because it's hot in Ghana. <laughs> so, so you can imagine. She's like, oh. yeah, she's fanning right herself. I'm like, okay, fine. Whatever. I'll take the compliment. <laughs> and, and, and then I tried to take a picture of her in the, but she was so reluctant. In the picture, she's like giving me a side eye. So I can't even Instagram it. Like she, she was just not going to allow me to be a groupie, but. 
by the time we left, she was so sweet to me. She was even like, Lodi, why aren't you married? And I was like, oh, she's like, just just go with the white guys. I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, I was like, okay. She's like, they are loving. I have the kids that I wanted. We just had, and I, maybe I shouldn't have shared that, but it was just an honest conversation. She was just like this older sister. She was, she's, she's amazing. So I'm would in you, awe of her. Would you recommend the book now, 20 years later, in South Africa to another girl? Of course. I think... So my entire life, I read all these books that had nothing to do with my life, from Enid Blyton's Noddy to the famous Five, Secret Seven. The Faraway Tree. You know, (laughs) Hardy Boys, um, Gerald Durrell, My Family and Other Animals. Do you, I mean, do you understand what the literature of my youth consisted? So that's what it was. And so when I read this, I felt like I had been affirmed in a way that I had been searching for in books my entire life. Mm. My entire life. I'm getting emotional. But that's how my, that's how important this book is to me. And when I found it, it was like, okay, I'm home. And I've, then I've, I've been seeking that in books ever since. So I find it hard to, to allow myself to be immersed in a world that does not necessarily affirm me because I have experienced that now. Favorite part of the book? You know, cause I read it a while ago. I try to go through it and, um, uh, I have a feeling there's a, there's a moment where, um, the, the girl, uh, Tambu, the main character, let me just quick, a quick overview. Mm. The, the story is about a girl, Tambu, who grows up in a rural, rural Rhodesia and she is, um, she wants to go to school. But because it's a patriarchal society, traditional, the boys are valued more than the girls and the family can only put together enough money to send her brother to school. Mm. And, um, and uh, her brother dies. And in fact, the first line of her book was, I was not sorry when my brother died. That's the opening line of the book. So her brother dies and they then find the money. She then sort of takes his place. But before that, she was already selling veggies to try and make money so she can go to school. So she eventually gets to the school. She's with her rich relatives. Um, and you can only imagine being the poor cousin in a rich family. So she goes to school and then that assimilation, that process of assimilation starts. Because of course everything she's been aspiring towards in terms of how success is uh, is defined is in a western sense. Mm. Even, especially in a colonized country. So that's what she aspires to. And when she gets there, then the erosion starts. And then that's where all these things that I could identify with began because I don't know, Pumi, if you remember, I read a book called Angry Black don't Woman. Out, don't out me like this. Don't out out me like this. <laughs> Pumi, Pumi and I uh, met. We had known each other, but we became friends when we worked in the same ad agency. And she was a copywriter, by the way. Titi Dangaremba went to study medicine at Cambridge University, then came back around the time that the, uh, um, Zimbabwe was liberated, and she then went on to work as a copywriter at an ad agency, which I felt like, oh, yeah. So We're the like, same like this. <laughs> you know, a groupy moment, just like anything to like, how, how are we the same? Yeah. So... Um, and then she goes to the school and of course we see that metamorphosis of a person that had to learn to assert herself, who she is, where she's from, as well as, um, as well as, um, 
participate in this new world like and take advantage of of the opportunities that it actually does provide so it, it's that journey and i feel like a lot of black girls um whether they come from affluent families black families or not can definitely identify with to a certain extent the um the uh, uh, what compromises we have to make in order to fit in and by the time i met you pumi and we were talking about christmas reads um yeah christmas reads can be you know they should be relaxing i went first time i went to cape town i was reading malcolm x by alex haley okay that's heavy. I came back angry <laughs> for an entire year. This, but this book won't leave you angry. No, this is a revelation. This is a journey uh, and a revelation. And it's somebody uh, describing in the most eloquent manner things that you've experienced and could never put into words. Articulate. Yeah. That's, Find that's the what words the book for you. is. And she's... she. Every girl should read it. The same way we go on about Chimamanda. And I'm not... Talking about you had asked me to talk about Chimamanda's Path of a Yellow Sun, and if I had done a Chimamanda book, I would have said let's start with Purple Hibiscus because it was a similar book. It was a coming of age book um, that every young girl, if they talk about the Brontes and the mm-hmm. uh, Jane Austens, that book, Purple Hibiscus, and this book are the alternatives for Black girls. That's what we should be reading. They, those books actually exist. We just don't know, yeah. so we end up reading these other books that you, although you identify because books have universal themes and stories that you can obviously identify with but when you read a book that speaks to you in a way that you didn't even know it's amazing you find it's, yourself it's a in spiritual this book. experience yes does it take long to read well i don't remember for me I, I for me it was an experience so i don't think it takes long because i feel like it engulfs you so once you're in there you can't get out um, it was the same with Purple Hibiscus. I feel like of Chimamanda's books, all that I've read, I think Half of a, uh, Half of a Yellow Sun is her mo- it's a brilliant book, but Purple Hibiscus is the one, it's the entry. It's the one that will make you fall in love with the voice of this woman. You can hear it's a younger Chimamanda. And Titi here, like I said, a Toni Morris. And even for, for, for you, when you were reading your, these books, do you find that if I'm not a reader, if I'm not a person, if all I read is magazines or mm. reports or and or Twitter and or Twitter, <laughs> right? <laughs> if I'm sitting there to like like today and thinking, "Ooh, these books sound amazing," is it? And I'm not a reader. Is it an easy place, or do do you need a, li- a, a dictionary to read with? Does it remind you of those times when you had to read for book reports and that kind of thing? Does it do that, or is it just easy? It's like. The same way that if you haven't been in the sea for a year, you just walk into it again. I, I have a philosophy. Um, I love Toni Morris, but when I first tried to read Beloved, I couldn't. It was mm. so dense. Mm. And I stopped and I put it down. Even Chimamanda's Half of a Yellow Sun, I put it down so many times. So I feel like if you can't read the book, if the book doesn't speak to you immediately, you put it down. The, you try again, I promise you. There will be a time. It's about where you are in your life, in your space, that allows you to engage with the book. You know, so... Um, and I, I used to be a reader, Pumi. I now read <laughs> tweets. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's some hard. People, it is hard. It is hard uh, because yeah. it's so also I about time, you know? Mm. It is hard because it's also about time. So those, so that is nervous condition. If you're looking for 
an African identity, that's where you want to go to. It's an easy place to go in. If you're not used to reading African literature and you're wondering what is out there, it's not all Franz Fanoni. <laughs> it's not, not all academic. Du Bois. It's all, there, there are books out there that are fiction based on reality, based on our reality. I mean, even at, at 20 years old, mm. the book is still very much mm. about the way that we are living our lives, mm. about the assimilations that we are mm. making. So there's that book as well. When we come back after the break, we are going to talk about a serious book. If you're, if you're rethinking, because one of the things that also happens in the holidays is you're rethinking yes. your life. You're kind of, you're assessing the year bef- that has gone before, you're writing New Year's resolutions, you're kind of thinking about where you come from and where you could be going. So when we come back, we're going to talk about agreements. And it's a, it's a little bit of a heavier read, but it's worth it. I have a very dramatic announcement. So anyone with a weak heart should leave now. Unreal. Revolution. Revolution. Uncensored. Revolution. Revolution. Unfiltered. Revolution. Unchanged. Revolution. Unadulterated. Revolution. Unbelievable. CliffCentral.com. Revolution. 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 So I did pick, uh, I'm learning, as you know, <laughs> listeners, that we're here on Unradio and on Womanla in particular, we're all about empowering ourselves, right? So I'm empowering myself with the desk and I picked an outro here and now it's going on forever and ever. But you're still listening to Unradio and you're still listening to Womanla. <laughs> Duncan's just walked in after about 30 minutes when he was sent out to get water. And we're talking about books. We're talking about the summer reads for every savvy African woman. And we're talking about what you should be reading on the beach, in your house, um, in your beach house this <laughs> summer. <laughs> if you're not watching TV, if you're just vegging out what you should be reading about, we spoke about Paolo Coelho's Adultery. We spoke about, I never know how to say her name. Titi Tengeremba. I always think I'm going to say something wrong. Nervous condition. And now Matepo, because she's the strategist, which is a thing, she's all about deep thinking. And you read the four agreements. I read the four agreements. So I also don't know how to pronounce the Don Miguel Ruiz. Don Miguel Ruiz. So it's a serious book, you know. So I don't know if um, when you're nicely sitting on your porch, um, looking at the sun and the sea, that this is the book that you want to read. Or the or safari. Or safari. <laughs> Worst safari. So, but I mean, I think it's that book that you read on the second of January. You know, once every everything starts to make sense and you're thinking, okay, so new life, new opportunity. New year. Um, new year. So what are we accomplishing this year? You know, and making agreements with yourself, for yourself. So I think it's that book. Um, that, you know, and, and, and it has had a huge impact in my life. Um, it has transformed my life. I have read it a couple of times. Um, it is almost like the Bible. You know, and I think I love the fact that so what gives me comfort is that some of the the agreements are based on the Bible. So as much as some of them are airy fairy and based on other religions and beliefs, I'm happy with the 
with where my stuff is is located. So, so, but it's not it, it's not exclusive. No, it's any, not denomination, any denomination, any whether yeah. you are religious or not. It's, it's if more you're about spiritual. spirituality. Okay, yeah, it's more about spirituality, um, and I think that's why I I really really like it so much. Um, so. Agreements. What is an agreement? Maybe let me start there before I then go into what the four agreements are. Um, and I think this is what also then um, blew me away. And I think it's the information that we already know, uh, but you haven't. You know, like Lord, you were saying, it's the stuff. When you then read it, you're then recognizing, or okay, damn it, this is what this I've been looking what, for. Yeah, this is what an agree. You know what? A, what, an, what an agreement is, and and so it explains it so nicely um, that an agreement is land behavior is. Um, you know, when you grow up, your pastors, your, your parents, your teachers, they tell you what to believe. They tell you what is acceptable and what is not. They tell you what is right and what is, what is wrong. They tell you what is beautiful and what is ugly, you know. Um, so they teach you how to live life. What is sinful. Live, what is sinful <laughs> and what is not. <laughs> so, and, and so... It, 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 it then brings that introduction of how these agreements come about as we grow up, you know, and how we expect people to behave. You know, that when you do this, um, you, it's not acceptable. But it's, it's your agreement. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily... So my stuff is not your, your stuff. Thank you. Okay. Somebody was saying there's, there's three businesses. Your business, my business, and God's business. <laughs> and the only business that should be running... Is your business, <laughs> you know, and your business is informed by the agreements that you were um, programmed in, you know, by your parents, by your society, by the culture and all of that. And sometimes we expect people to behave in a particular way um, based on our agreement, you know, based on my thinking, my conditioning, which is not necessarily yours. Okay, so that is like a bit mind-blowing <laughs> because it's true. So you expect people to behave based on your yes. personal Person- system. Yes. Oh. So that's a hard one. No? That's yes. a, it's like judgmental. That's, that's a deep one. You're dropping truth bombs. <laughs> yeah, so can, can people please take notes as I speak? Because I'm not going to repeat myself. <laughs> Although they can't go and buy the book. They can go and buy the book. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and for you, what was the, what was your biggest, so it's a, it's a whole lot of different things that it talks about, yeah. um, but based on four, four elements. Yeah. And for you, what was your biggest takeout? Okay, so maybe let me go through that. Let me just name the four agreements and then I can, I can be, because I think they are interrelated, you know? Okay, so the first one is be impeccable with your word. Um, and what I love about the impeccability of the, of the, of your word is that the way they define it in the book is impeccable means without sin. Again, the but, sinful yeah. word. But so, so me being me, <laughs> I then want go into dictionary mode, <laughs> and then I go and I say, what is the adjective and what is the what is the what antonym is and what is the what, what is does impeccable, impeccable mean? actually mean? Yeah, and it means a lot of things. It means being incorruptible. It means being authentic. It means integrity. It talks about being flawless, about being unspoiled. So it's about. Originality and mm. authenticity mm. and and almost ethical behavior. Mm. 
Okay, so that's number one. We'll come back to that. The second one is don't take anything personally. I think that is one to start the year with. (laughs) So Um, hard not to take things personally. And so you know what I love about load shedding. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But so okay. So thank you for that. (laughs) Just on that note, it's really got nothing to do with you. Yes. So they call it um, the highest form of personal importance. If you think that everything is about you. (laughs) Wow. So, right. so Eskom's problems have got absolutely nothing to do with you. Mm. The fact that your house is on the border where it always, between 6 and 10 daily, switches off the light. Yes. Okay. It's got, don't take it personally. It's not about you. It's not about you. Yeah. Okay, so that's the second one. The third one is don't make any assumptions. And I think in relationships... That's like the language of communication. You know, you make assumptions about everything. Especially as women. Yeah. Especially as women. The first thing, when a person says something and you think, what do they mean by that? Yeah. What could they mean by that? Mm. So it's, it's, wow. And then you believe your assumption and then you react on your assumption. Sure. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to give examples. The (laughs) first example that just (laughs) popped into my mind (laughs) is (laughs) non-kosher. So skipping right along to the fourth <laughs> agreement uh, is always do your best, mm. you know. And, and for me, that talks about, so it's about the understanding that your best is not the same all the time. So your best is different when you're sick and when you're happy mm. and when you are depressed and when you've had a hard day and when you've got a bad boss, I hope I'm not, <laughs> um, etc. you know, so yeah. your be- and, and your best is different when you're yeah. 18 and when you're 28 yeah. and when you're 38. Yeah. Oi, uh, that's another Oi, big play. one. <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> like my best body when I'm th- <laughs> You're doing it's your not, best. It's well, not the same as my best. best body when I was 25. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. You know, but that for me speaks so much about forgiving yourself mm. um, and not judging yourself. Mm. You know, when you know that you've done your best in this particular situation, Then you walk away, you forgive yourself, and you're good. So I think the one that has really released me is not taking things personally. Uh, Because I probably have that personality type that wants to take responsibility for everybody and everything. So even for ESCOM, if I could explain the reason (laughs) why they are load shedding, I probably would. But because I've been released and delivered... I don't take things personally. So, I mean, one of the things in the book that hits you on the head is when, 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 when it talks about even if somebody comes and shoots you in the head, it's not about you. Don't take it personally. It's about them. Yeah. So if somebody, a stranger, and this is what happens all the time, mm-hmm. you meet a stranger who then says, you're such a fat fool, mm-hmm. and you take it personally. They don't know you. Mm-hmm. So they can't make that type of... um um, decision about who you are because they don't know you. But what do we do? We take that personally, you receive that, and you make an agreement. Mm-hmm. And the next time you stand in front of the mirror, you actually look fat. Yeah. And you, and the next time you miss say something, misspell something, forget something, do something, mistake, then you believe that you're stupid because they said you're stupid. So, so it's those type of things where you must then refuse 
to let your mind be contaminated with those type of things. Sure. Sure. Wow. Yeah. So, testifying over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> did so? Did it change your life? It continues to transform my life because it is so there are times when I forget to be impeccable with my word because <laughs> impeccability with your word is about choosing what you say. So it's about being um, aware that your word is a creative power. So and, and I think that's what I love about about this, which then walks next to the Bible. About, about the word being about creative power, you know? Um, and if you're aware that when you then say something, you then send it out to create whatever it is that you say, you start understanding the power that you hold on your tongue. Mm. And you therefore want to make sure that when you say something to someone, it's about building them. It's said in love. It's said in authenticity. And it's not about destroying, destroying them, judging them, criticizing them. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so it teaches you to watch what comes out of your mouth, but it also teaches you to mean what you say. So when somebody is not nicely dressed, according to you, <laughs> don't, don't be lying about it. You don't have to say it. There's no peer pressure to be saying, oh, Lordy, you look amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I try. <laughs> You're just receiving that one. <laughs> but so, so, so as, as I then did that, I then remember about the taking things personally is what I love about the book though, is that it says when somebody says you look amazing, when you know that you look amazing, they don't have to say it. So whether they say it or not, mm. you look amazing anyway. Mm. Oh, wow. Because if you then believe it, mm. when somebody then, when you walk out this door and somebody says, I hate that African print. It, it makes you look wara wara. Mm. You then believe that yeah. as well, which then replaces the looking amazing. Mm. So it's more about you telling yourself all those good things. So impeccability about the word is also about what you tell yourself and not necessarily more also about just what you say to other people. Yo. Yeah, deep, deep, deep yeah, stuff. No, that, that's church right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just so I'm thinking, right? This is this is exactly it. You know, this is this is exactly what when I when I thought about whoo-wee, the books, the books that that make a difference, that change your life, and if I'm gonna read this summer. What who who are the people I would ask? Come on, and that's why I, I thought about you guys, because this is the the way that I I I think book. Reviews should be. Yeah. I totally want to read these books. Yeah. So do you just walk in and buy it at exclusive? I can't even think. CNA, who else sells books? So anyway, just you'll be able to walk in and buy any of these books online. That's the, yeah, that's the hard part. So I was talking about how, um, this book, the particular book that I have was published by Ayabia, which is a UK-based publishing house, but it is run by a Ghanaian-born woman um, who has made it her job to make sure that books like Titi's books are always in print and available, and she is online, and I think paying that little extra uh, is worth it because you know it's going to go to Zim, which it is killing them with her bags. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and to a publisher that's supporting other black authors. Cause as we all know, the, 
um, the book, the idea of an actual um, book. tangible yeah. book is dying. Maybe not here yet, but definitely overseas. People are on their Kindle fires. Mm. People are on their um, little uh, notebooks. Um, oh, so they're on not my iPhone. Yeah. On my iPhone with that Kindle app. Can I get it on those places? Yes, yes. Which place? Your books on like yeah. Kindle online. Oh yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. those two. I'm not sure about because the independent authors are the one that suffer the most. Yeah. But definitely Quello and okay. um, those guys. Yeah. It's the it's the black authors that I'm saying, make sure you actually buy them. Make sure you're supporting. Make sure that these books are never out of print. Yeah. So that our kids, Abukanero and all these other kids can read these books. It's mm-hmm. important that they have them. So we're going to put those details up on, yes. on my page. I'm going to tweet it as well, where you can buy the books, the names of the books. Check it out. Definitely worth reading. Yeah. Any one of these books, definitely worth reading. If you've got a week, if you've got a couple of hours a day over the next two weeks, definitely worth reading the four agreements to start your year off. Um, adultery. <laughs> Just for a flight of fancy. Yes. <laughs> and if you're looking for authenticity, if you're looking to understand the African condition, mm. there's definitely places where you can, uh, you can read more about about how other people are living their lives. Thank you, girls. Thank you for coming. You're listening to Womandla on Cliff Central. And we're talking books and we're talking about the kind of, you know, the the kind of spaces and places where in the next couple of weeks you can find yourself or lose yourself. And we'll be back next week. I'm Pumi Mashejo on Womandla. See you again next week.